Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I've been thinking, Jordan, about unfinished business. Oh, boy. You know the football quarterback, Tom Brady? Uh, I do, yes. Have uh, you heard of this guy? Tom I, Brady. I, I have. Yeah. I don't follow football. You would know him as the husband of Giselle Bündchen because you yeah. follow all the supermodels. I do. I'm a huge model head. Um, <laughs> the last time I ate out was at the supermodel cafe. What guy... a coincidence. The last time I ate out was Kathy Ireland, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> wow. Supermodel Kathy Ireland. I had a hall pass. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what the premise of that was. Oral only hall pass. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, Tom Brady, the football uh, quarterback. Yes. He's uh, 56 years old. Mm-hmm. That's a fun age. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Just got himself a Harley. Um, he uh, he retired from football the other day, uh, like a month or two ago. I don't know. Uh, he had been playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is every every boy's dream. Mm-hmm. is to one day don the orange of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, get to live in Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, maybe. Um, That's Central Florida, South Florida? It's Florida. And uh, coastal Florida. Mm. And um, so anyway, he, you know, he used to be on the Patriots. He won a bunch of Super Bowls. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He had a MAGA hat in his locker for a while. <laughs> yeah, I guess I know him as being like a hero to the people of like um New England. Yeah, sure, sure. And um yeah, he's the jersey that a guy who flips you off wears. Okay. And uh you know, after like I said, after after he finished with the Patriots, he went and he went as a 74-year-old to the to the Buccaneers mm-hmm. um and won a Super Bowl for the people of the part of Florida that Tampa is in. Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, that area. It's not okay. Not the area where Disney World is. Different. That's a different area. So he announced his retirement because the more football you play, the more damaged your brain becomes until ultimately you die or murder someone. Mm-hmm. And... um it made a lot of sense. He had won over 7,000 Super Bowls, the most of anyone ever. Um, and he's married to a supermodel who seems to be very indulgent of his choice of career and locker hat. Um, and, uh, and he's got children, you know, children at home that he could go play with and stuff. And it's been about a month or maybe two months, and he just announced that he is unretired. He's going to come back to the – there was some speculation. He's from San Mateo, California. Some speculation mm-hmm. he'd come back and play for the 49ers, his hometown childhood team. But he's really dedicated to the people of the Clearwater, Tampa, St. Petersburg area. Is, right. Miami is one area, and then another area is Disney World. And this is a third area. Mm-hmm. And, Does the, now, when you're talking about Disney World in Florida, does the portion of Disneyland that's – Avatar themed have its own football team. Uh, That's the one I would want to play for the <laughs> Orlando <yeah>. Navi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know me, Jordan. 
I'm fucking nuts for Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait for the 17 sequels that he's making to the movie that was successful 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, despite being a really horrible, a really horrible movie. Um, the, yeah, just was awful. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, I'm really pumped about those. I shouldn't. New have, I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have even said Avatar. I'm sorry. Go keep to keep talking about the football thing. Where Where are you going with this? I shouldn't have even said Avatar. I'm well, there's sorry a reason. There's a reason that Tom Brady came back to the NFL. Just imagine I said the the Wolverine or something. Sorry, yeah, I didn't really like that one keep, either. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> three Ten to Yuma remake. <laughs> yeah, Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, I love that. That was great. Sure. Just watched that recently. Um. The original or the remake? The remake. The remake. Yeah. I thought Makes it was good. Great. I thought it was fucking great. Um, on a real Russell Crowe kick. We're watching Master and Commander right now. It also fucking nice. rules. Absolutely yeah. rules. So uh, Tom Brady came back to the NFL. And there's there's one reason that he came back to the NFL at 74 years old. Um, instead of going and, and spending time with his supermodel wife and his children. Mm-hmm. um he donned the orange and whatever of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the NFL's most storied franchise, uh, because he has uh, unfinished business, Jordan. Wow. What do you think the unfinished business is? Um. Well, boy, not knowing a lot about football. I don't think it could possibly um, be football related because he's done yeah. all the football things, right? Like. He won 75 Super Bowls, and then he proved that it wasn't just because he was with the Patriots. He went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the Super Bowl with them. He got he brought Gronk back. Gronk came back for him. Gronk. Fun. Yeah. Uh, by the way, have you seen the Gronk area, the new Gronk area of Disney World? Tremendous. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, Tremendous. You, you can ride a lifelike Gronk. <laughs> Can feel you can feel it breathing. That's what they say. So I don't uh, think it yeah, could be. Oh, football. sorry. You. Okay, I don't think no, it could be I, football related. He's got you have too a, many. You have a thing. Yeah. No, I, I don't have a thing. Uh, <laughs> he's. I'm. I'm proposing as a premise. What is Tom oh. Brady's unfinished business? Sure. I guess my guess would be has someone murdered his father? Wow. No, that's Michael Jordan. I don't know. Wait. And if someone had murdered his father, I would feel really bad, and I would tell Brian right. to cut this out. But hopefully Tom Brady's father is alive and well, and we can joke about him yeah. going on some sort of like I mean, Kill Bill-esque you know, rampage to... Again, you know. that's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan clearly had a lot of unfinished business. The murder, uh, yeah. wanted to play professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Jam. <laughs> wanted to defeat the Monstars. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to win. <laughs> wanted to win an NBA championship with Tony Kukoc. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of, he had a lot of unfinished business, Michael Jordan. It was obvious why Michael Jordan came back. Uh, with Tom Brady, it's less clear. I mean, certainly a vengeance is possible. Vengeance. But yeah. we don't know who murdered Classic who. Unfinished. Yeah. Classic unfinished business. Yeah. Well, let's ask Nick, our guest on the program, a favorite guest on this show, a television Repeat. television comedy writer who pro- apparently provides his his own arena style intro. Got a whole soundboard set up. <laughs> Nick Adams. Hi, Nick. What's up, fellows? How are we? I know that you're a big basketball fan. I don't know if you follow football, um, but certainly you know I Tom Brady. He's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's used to play for the. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what he's a, he throws the forward pass. Yeah. What would you? <laughs> he's the first quarterback you've enjoyed since Johnny United. <laughs> um, why a Kittle? Is that tittle. his name? Tittle. Tittle. All time. Thank all you. time sports name. Why? Why a Tittle? Um, Nick, what what would you guess is Tom Brady's unfinished business that's brought him back to the NFL? I think there are there are a handful of, of ex-athletes or like athletes that come back. I think there are guys that like miss the competition. I think there are guys that see someone else and, and they go, ah, I'm as good as that guy. I'm definitely, maybe I'm not as good as I used to be, but I'm definitely as good as this idiot running yeah. around. And to his credit, he is as good as that guy. He is as good as any guy who's ever played that position. And it pains me to say it because I loathe him and detest him. But I yeah. don't think there's anything else in his brain. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I, think, I think that's exactly what it is. He's been a football man since, you know, 15 years old. And he hasn't developed anything else. You know, it's, even even when they asked him about the Trump hat, he didn't. he couldn't even muster a defense of it. It was just like words coming out of face hole. With yeah. ball cap. And then later he went to the Biden White House and made fun of Trump. Yeah. I don't even know who is this man. I think he may have <laughs> married Giselle Bunchen accidentally. There's also like a if you if you ever watched uh the Jessica Simpson Nick Lachey reality show, like you know, before Jessica Simpson really was like fully in on the joke of her persona. This right. was like her kind of figuring it out. And there's a moment where you realize like Oh, Nick Lachey, like, didn't know what he was getting himself into. Like, he had no idea. <laughs> like, it, there are these scenes where she's like, how do I figure out what movie's playing? And he's just like, what? What are you? Are you that? You're that stupid. And you could, like, watch him realize in real time. He's like, I'm Nick Lachey, and I know that. <laughs> he seemed like a very normal guy who just was realizing in real time that, oh, this is not like an act. You're just really this vacuous. And I feel like that's what Tom Brady is. It's just like... You know, whatever you think is on his face, that there's no deeper thought going on behind his eyes than at that moment. It's like uh, being married to him is like being married to mathematician Paul Erdos, uh, the sure. the mathematician famous for uh, not being able to do his own laundry because uh, he didn't know how and he didn't know how to cook food. Uh, so he would go to other mathematicians' houses, stay there for a while. Uh, have them and their partners uh, cook and wash him and uh, just solve their math problems for them while he was there. Or as we we call it in the comedy industry, committing to the bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you have any math you need done around the house? (laughs) Just leave your math out on the porch and I'll do it for you. You know, go off, have a nice lunch. I'll come back and I'll get rid of all the remainders. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> it's nice. I feel like at some nice point, pulling his weight. At some point, Tom Brady's like legs will be broken forever or something. Like he'll mm-hmm. get in whatever, like the football equivalent of a ski accident. No, he's gonna he's gonna live to like 112 and be, be- like. It's like it's like people like him and Kissinger, man. They're just never going. <laughs> like, <laughs> the classic pairing, you know, of Henry Kissinger, sure, and Tom Brady—they're both war criminals of of a sort. Yeah. And again, I I don't know, I don't know uh, hardly anything about this man, but um, it, does he not have the potential to like go into, you know, like everybody loves 
Charles Barkley and Shaq's like, you know, goofing around on stuff, you, you know, goofing around with the general or, you know, whatever, whatever those guys do, they goof around and they're great. And every time someone's like, hey, look at this thing Shaq did, I look at it. And I'm like, ah, that's great. Um, does Tom Brady have that in him? Does he have a space jam? Does he have a, <laughs> you know, ad as, campaign? It's amazing how swagless he is. Like you've spent your life around cool, rich black men and none of it rubbed off. Like not a hmm. bit of it rubbed off at all. You could just picture him in the clubhouse going, oh, okay. That's what he's got. That's what yeah. he's got to offer for his teammates. You guys want to talk about reading defenses? Because... That's what I think Peyton, his contemporary Peyton Manning, uh, was just funny. Yeah, funny and charming. Um, like, you know, all these quarterbacks are really look, football is by far the most complicated and brain intensive of the popular American sports. If you're an um, NFL quarterback, you are intelligent in some way. Yeah, you got to be, you got to be some kind of weird genius to be a, a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, but like, so, so Peyton Manning was that, but Peyton Manning, charming, funny, and he was kind of a contemporary of Tom Brady, only he, he retired 75 years ago. (laughs) Like (laughs) somehow Tom Brady in his mid fifties is still the best quarterback, even though he can like barely throw the ball 10 yards at this point, um, just through sheer force of football intellect. Um, but I agree. I agree, Nick. It's possible that that is all all he is in the world. If you see the picture of Tom Brady from the draft combine, right? Like they're in like shorts and shirtless. And so the scouts can see their muscle tone and how wide their shoulders are or whatever. Check their teeth. <laughs> their haunches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they measure the, the width of their hands. It's, it is very slave a hundred it is so upsetting <laughs> now jump high just jump up in the air yeah, let's see what you can three do. bales you jump three bales high what what did you say right. no i'm sorry Feet. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes i say bales when i mean yeah, yeah. now just run around that cotton gin and come right back well this is this is an interesting this this i think poses an interesting question is if 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 we at some point you know, retired out of our fields yeah. and had enough and it, money wasn't an issue. Right. I mean, not that it is. You know, We're extraordinarily wealthy thanks to this program. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, if we, you know, if we shut it down. You've got one of those Priuses, like the little one. Oh yeah, compact for city yeah. for city driving. I got, I only Parks got 75,000 miles on the Volvo. Parks like a dream. Mm-hmm. Up in the hill. Um, yeah, if we if you know something happens, we're 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 set for life. The time has come for us to hang up our tools, the tools of our trade. Right, the three tools of our trade. <laughs> uh, what what do you do? Do you go crazy? Do you go insane? Do you start painting little George W. Bush pictures? Does it sound fun? I don't think my wife would be crazy about it. I probably would do this to my wife. Just podcast at her face. You would podcast at <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> I mean, what is a relationship? But <laughs> finding someone to podcast at, <laughs> not so, with. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if I was Tom Brady, I think 
just like rich and married to a supermodel, I could just ride it out with that. I'm pretty sure. Are you capable yeah. of relaxing, Nick? Because I'm not. <laughs> I, I I am. I'm very. I mean, at, at relaxing at that level is like you know. Oh yeah, Jesse's flying this guy in to teach a Sly Stone seminar. You know, while, you know what I mean? Like yeah. while he makes a dinner. Like sure, I can relax at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I would definitely give my uh, my guest house to funk scholar Ricky Vincent. No doubt about that. If he could hang, if he could just hang around like uh, like OJ's friends. Uh, this year's recipient of the Thorn Prize goes to. <laughs> it's a it's your one year fellowship to hang yeah. out in my guest house and talk about Sly Stone with me. <laughs> it's a shit ton of money, but you just have to hang out at Jesse's house. Yeah, <laughs> some some there's some light math. Yeah. You might have. To... <laughs> You're like some driving light, his kids to school. Some light math. Jordan, do you feel like you could relax? And uh, what would you do if you retired from the comedy game? Yeah, I mean, I think I would still like doing doing creative things. I think I'm not one of these, like, I'm not one of these, I think, okay, and I think when people do this, I think there's a little bit of posturing behind it, but I'm not one of those, like, writers who's like, oh, writing, I have to write, I hate it, and the best part is when you're done, I'm like, no, it's fun, it's fun to write, come up with stuff, come up with, th- I mean, do you not, really not like it that much? I think there's a little bit of, like, artiste you know, yeah, that's for novelists. If you're like whatever writing yeah, bits for Fallon, we, save it. <laughs> sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're writing a novel, sure, complain about the process. Yeah, if you're, yeah. Anyway, but but I'm I am not that. I definitely like like coming up with stuff, and certainly there's it's challenging and there's frustrating parts. Um, but I like the the I like making stuff up and writing and working with people. So yeah, I mean, I think I would want to find something that was like, you know. I, I don't know. You uh, stitching t- bitch. Teach some, yeah, stitching bitch. Teach some, teach some kids. Teach some kids about, uh, uh, you know, uh, fire. What's safety. the hump? What's the sto- <laughs> what's the story hump? <laughs> you guys know the story hump. Yeah, sure. You want to teach some kids the word denouement? Yeah. There you go. Rising I, action. I, oh, yeah. I do have a retirement uh, plan, kind of. Ooh, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, right? So no. I'm going to write comedy as long as I can write comedy. Right. Then I'll write dramedy. Uh-huh. Then I'll write dramas. <laughs> yeah. When I'm finally aged out of writing anybody's TV shows, I'm just going to go full on and audition for the, the dad on every like Disney or Nickelodeon show. Oh, God. Uh, like, so I want to be the dad on like That's So Raven or something. Cause it's, it's the sweetest gig in TV. You're in like three scenes every episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe every now and then you get up. What's going on in here? Because it smells like fish. <laughs> kills, just murders the whole. Uh, I I wish the home listener could have seen Nick's mugging. Yeah, <laughs> Nick sold because that. when he said yeah. <laughs> it smells like fish. Yeah, that was an, a priceless take. I can see that. You know, really I know good. a guy. Yeah, me too. I know a guy. He was a dad at uh, my kid's preschool, and he was just a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, his name is Satara Falcon, and Satara works in children's television sometimes. Sometimes he works as a you know behind the scenes person, and uh, sometimes he works as an actor. You know, he's like a he's a working actor, but his affect is such that he's best suited as a performer for children's television and horror movies. 
Um, <laughs> and because he's just an expressive man. You know what I mean? He just is a person with a, a, a he's just got a lot, a lot of light for, for bushels. Um, and I, whenever he's working on a, a live action children's television show, I just, I just think how much fun that seems like it would be. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's what you want when you get into the entertainment industry, which is essentially to be in a high school play, but you're the star of it and everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. And you would want, you w- really would want it to be a multi-camera situation, so the workload's lighter. Oh, yeah. um, you're really only taping one day a week. First two days, you're waiting for the writers to give you the script. Um, and and you do want to be a supporting cast member. You don't want yes. the weight of this thing. You want to be, I think, Andy Kindler, the great Andy Kindler, one of the funniest people in the history of the world. I think he was on the Wizards of Waverly Place for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, what a dream to just for him to just walk into a scene, go, right, make like right. a Andy Kindler face, and then leave. I, it is really amazing how many of the like our hero comedians from the Largo scene are now doing that. Yeah, and fucking good for them. Yes. Good for them. What like, a great job. <laughs> hey, do something fun. Fucking nail it. Yeah, yeah. I when I was I was I have. I have auditioned in my life. I've done. I have done some auditioning. I have not gotten a lot of things. I was not very successful, nor did I like it that much. You've but met Fritz Coleman. We get it. I have met Fritz Coleman, and uh, basically, pieced. I'm like, where do I go from yeah. here? Yeah, um, that's the weatherman on NBC Four. Yeah, I Daniel Day Lewis. After that, mm-hmm. um, you went, went to, to you went to Italy to learn how to make weather. Hmm. <laughs> um. And so, so, but I did audition for a few of these types of things and, you know, I'm like, okay, I understand this is like a little bit, this is a a, a bigger kind of stylized kind of acting and I've done sketch comedy. And you've got a look, Jordan, you're adorable. You're sure. You know, all you gotta, all you gotta do is, is, uh, you know, what you did on NBC with NBC force Fritz Coleman, just go on screen and go, dude. And it sells. Yeah. The. The the uh, the parts I was auditioning for were um, like adult service worker who's mad at the stars. Uh huh. Yeah. It's too, like, too rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Too rambunctious. This yeah. says uh, employees uh, only. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I'll I'll give you an example of kind of how the, one of these auditions went. Nick, give me a give give me a give me a line from a side to one of these things. Um, excuse me. Did you order the salad? Okay. So here's my here's my go into it energy. Uh, excuse me, did you order the salad? And then the casting director would be like, "Bigger, bigger. <laughs> this is kids TV. Bigger." And then like, um, excuse me, did you order the salad? Bigger. We need to see it. Bigger. I'm. We just. We want to laugh. We want to. La- These children are still comedy. learning about denouement and rising action. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the story hump. <laughs> um, and then it's just to the point where I was just like, like screaming. Did you order the salad? And then them just being so mad that I wasn't going big enough. Yeah. You were playing, was... by the way, auditioning for a character named Sal Lad. Uh, right. <laughs> who wears a suit right of salad? Name, bitch. 
Oh my god, it's the worst. He's Sal's kid sidekick. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I was. Uh, I I I failed at that pretty miserably. I definitely wouldn't want to audition for things. I want to make that clear. I'm offer only. Offer offer only. I I auditioned for uh, uh my pal Charlie Todd invented improv everywhere. The thing where they go and and do big things in in public and mostly in New York. You know that everybody gets on the subway train wearing underpants or. You know, the thing where everybody froze in Grand Central Station, that kind of thing. And uh, he's a really sweet, uh, bright guy, really good guy. He came to L.A. to do a network television pilot when Improv Everywhere was at its hottest. Um, And it was huge scale. And he basically didn't know that many people in L.A. And he wanted to do it with people that he knew. So he just emailed me. He's like, Jesse, come out to the audition. It's a formality. Uh, you know, we'll put you in the show. Uh, I just need some people I know to be in it, you know, uh, and I don't know that many people in LA. And I went to this audition. I felt like I was going to die the entire time. 100% of this audition, that was a mere formality because my friend told me I could be on his TV pilot. Uh, I, f- I truly felt like death. Uh, I don't think yeah, off one hundred percent offer only. One thousand percent offer it's, only. It's easily the worst part of the entertainment industry is auditioning. Yeah. I've done stand up comedy you, in front of yeah. no people. Like nobody came to the show. <laughs> they were like, We're not canceling it. You're just gonna do your jokes into the void. <laughs> like auditioning is worse. Yeah. Did you yeah, did you ever do any of it, Nick? I know you a little you bit. Kind of a, like a very little it. bit of it. But it's it's when you walk into a room and you're like, Oh, there's five better looking versions of me. Okay. I get where this isn't going. <laughs> These guys look kind of like me, but they're all taller, thinner and like dressed better. <laughs> like, okay, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. I feel like you, even you for, oh, even for like Jordan auditioning, I, I remember you telling me often Jordan about like auditioning for like goofy stoner type parts because you have right. curly hair. Um, and like, I feel like even the goofiest, goof in all of show business that gets parts in things if you meet them in real life they're like a nine uh and you're like fuck yeah yeah fuck! Ugly is just a good looking guy yeah. like a good looking sure. guy or girl when we we moved here and uh we had been here maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months and we were at the beverly center walking around and we saw kim wayans if you remember in living color she very often played like an ugly character like her character was supposed to be you know repulsive or someone that you wouldn't want hitting on you or whatever and she was like really hamming it up to make her character seem annoying and then you see her in person you're like wow that is a tall statuesque beautiful woman (laughs) like with the model shoulders that only like like tilda swinton and like runway models have like (laughs) but on tv she just played this goofy annoying and it's crazy it's insane what kind of shoulders would you say you have nick I have uh, someone once told me that uh, a woman on the street on Sunset told me I look like the actor Malik Yoba, but with like less broad shoulders. So I'm I'm not <laughs> you Malik look like Yoba. A, a narrow Yobla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's almost a compliment, and you're like way older than me, so I don't know how to take this. Yeah, I I was in do an you, elevator uh, Nick, with Seth you... Rogen once, and I got mad at how handsome he is. <laughs> <laughs> he although he did he did get like. He did this, and I think Jonah Hill did this, where they got like tried to get like L.A. skinny, and it's like everyone in the world was just like, "What are we doing? Yeah, what, doesn't that's suit not, them. 
That's yeah. not. You're just not. That's not how you look. That's not your body. We don't yeah. need that from you. You don't need that in your life. Just find a middle ground and be happy and healthy. You know. Uh, Nick, do you miss stand up and performing? I I take it you don't. You don't. I, you haven't done I, it in a while. I don't miss the. And you guys know this. The eighty five percent of what it is like around it. Those few minutes on stage for me was usually only a few minutes. Um, but it was, it's incredible. And when you have a good night, whether it's like in an actual comedy club or in a small theater with like 15 people watching and it goes really well, there's nothing like it. I still, I, you know, I, I miss that, but you know, I, I feel like between being in writers rooms and doing stuff like this and just, you know, being in a writer's room which you know has been hard to not do for the past two years you start to feel like oh i get like kind of the best part of stand-up but i'm sitting here drinking you know soda and eating chips with these knuckleheads and you know yeah, someone brings no you steaks. a really premium sandwich <laughs> yeah. just brings it yeah. straight to where you're sitting yeah i i I, I i can talk to people who are lawyers who are physicians who are very successful in business Without fail, when you tell another adult that they just take take care of your lunch every day and bring it right to you, their jaw just drops to the fucking floor. It's like, I don't care if you're a Supreme Court justice, yeah. whatever. And like get, free lunch this. every day. Every day. Yep, every day. And we still complain about yeah. it. <laughs> and we're like mad. You're expected and then it, to complain it about it. Too much time. The complaining is a part of the job. The That's what they expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss that and just just doing dumb bits and you know, like it's the best thing. Dumb bits. Yeah. I got to I got to write like one thing in a in a like professional context, um, which was when the Sklar brothers had a TV pilot for their podcast for a TV version of their podcast, a sports sports jokes daily show, basically. Uh I got to be in it and I went in and wrote my bit with the Sklars at the television office. Mm. And the thing that I was by far most excited about and this is a job that our our uh producer brian fernandez had for a while uh was just that there was someone who wrote down things we thought of <laughs> like the luxury of just walking around thinking of things while someone else writes it down you feel like a i felt like an absolute king during that time and then they brought me a fucking hold, hold on, sandwich hold on, hold on hold on let me get that let me get that part yeah <laughs> yeah okay go ahead yeah, there's, it's a, there's it's when incredible. there's when there's someone there doing that. There you have to you have to learn to do like like you say something. Okay, don't write that for the room. Don't write that for the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jordan, you know, because we've written a lot of things together. Like in general, I really like sitting at the keyboard and typing things into the keyboard and like shaping things and stuff. Uh, like mm -hmm. like picking particular words. Like you think of three quarters of the jokes. Uh, but I'm pretty good at thinking of, I'm pretty good at th thinking of the, the right word for something. And I, I love doing that. I, oh yeah. I was just sitting here thinking of story hump. <laughs> I still don't know what that thing is that I was thinking of. And, like I do like, I do like the, like, I, I do like Rising the feeling of, of like picking and shaping and those things, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. nothing compared to the idea that you could just do a bunch of painkillers and lie on your back, David Milch style. While someone right. projects your thoughts onto the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, Nick, do you think that uh, how 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 in person do you think TV writing will be in the future? Do you think uh, do you think it's all Zoom all the time now? I think there there are definitely going to be studios and shows where they try to just save money in and yeah. keep it you know remote. 
Um, I don't think there's anything like being in a room. I, I mean, I honestly feel like it's better for the show overall. I've worked on shows during this period period of time, and I think you can still do good work, but like, I don't know. I want to be in the room and just say stupid shit and have someone go, no, wait, that could be something. And you're like, oh, really? I just said some dumb shit out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah make you're it gonna, better. Please make it better. You know, If you want to make television, you're going to need a featureless conference room in Burbank. That's just how it works. I, I have this rant about all these companies that get into the business of TV, right? Like Amazon did it, Apple did it, and they all think they can reinvent the wheel because they're like Silicon Valley smart guys and not just these burnouts and stoners and snorting the nose candy down in SoCal, right? Like right. we got so, the algorithm. While you guys were snorting nose candy, we've been microdosing. <laughs> <laughs> we're way, way ahead of you. And then they, you know, remember when Amazon did that thing where you had to like, they put the pilots on the thing and then you had to watch the pilot and vote on the pilot yeah. and they said, we'll make more of this. And then if they don't choose yours, you're all mad. Like, yeah. You can the choose the one from Whit Stillman or you can choose the one from Doonesbury creator Gary Trudeau. <laughs> Gotta give Whit Stillman a break. That I know. Just, for everybody. And and then they all just figure out, no, you just have to like let a bunch of these knuckleheads be in a conference room all day and figure it out. Like that's the and sometimes it fails horribly. It's not good. It's also, the same people making the shitty shows. It's making the really good ones. Also, no matter how rich and successful you are, your office should be shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like just, the and, level of shittiness of the most successful, extraordinary like you go to like I went to Mel Brooks's office one time and it was shitty. <laughs> like, Great memorabilia, but the 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 fundamentals of the office like no one has yeah. tried to upgrade the furniture. Not nothing. It's just, like it is. Yeah. It's not even like the, the kind of auto parts store. The a kind of auto parts dealer that like has warehouses of auto parts. It's like an auto parts dealer that just deals with the logistics of like of hiring people to move auto parts here and there mm-hmm. you know like not nobody's getting their hands dirty it's just like three people in an office and like two outside sales reps yeah i think just everyone everyone in tv has had that experience where you start something and then uh for a reason you don't quite understand you just have to leave the job <laughs> The job is just over. The show is not here anymore. We were going to do it. Now we're not going to do it. So, yeah, I think the kind of transient nature of it um, makes you kind of not want to put anything on the wall. I was working on a short-lived NBC sitcom called Truth Be Told, and they announced the Coach reboot. And so then the Coach production offices set up like right across the suite from ours. And, you know, Craig T. Nelson's Porsche would show up some mornings. And then they just went away. They just at someone at CBS yeah. was like, "Coach, what do sure. we? No, let's don't." And it just <laughs> it was gone. I don't even think there was an announcement. It just stopped. Do you think maybe Dauber <laughs> fucked somebody's wife? Yeah, Dauber out of line. Yeah, Dauber got canceled. <laughs> Dauber just plowed his way through the through the executive base at CBS, <laughs> just they indiscriminately. See that ball spot and that 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 blonde hair coming. I'll, I'll say this. If I could go back and tell like teenage me or even college me, like this is the job, okay? This is what a, the day in the life of a comedy writer looks like. 
I would <laughs> I would have dropped out of school so quickly and just like <laughs> gotten on a Greyhound bus to Hollywood mm-hmm. and like pull out a like a typewriter on the bus and start typing up spec scripts like <laughs> seriously in interior <laughs> interior coach's house <laughs> coach and his wife are really going at it a dauber is plowing his way through all the executives <laughs> yeah. at CBS we, we have an interior a, CBS a, conference room this kid this kid he's dauber's he, laying pipe <laughs> He hasn't graduated. He, he's a dropout, but he's got this hard R Dauber spinoff. It's hilarious. I know. I know. I didn't think it would work. Stallone is work. attached to play Dauber. <laughs> Just get into it. The biggest advantage in life is these knuckleheads who like worked on the lampoon. And then like, it's not even that the experience that they're getting or the connections. It's the fact that you can know this is all the job is. You, this is it. You just hang out in a room and like story ideas and joke ideas. This is somebody else. Like you said, somebody else writes it down. You don't even have to write it down. The most writing you do is to write the spec script to try to get the job. And then you get the job and you're just talking all day. Like somebody else does the writing. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. You've, if you're lucky, you get to meet Dauber. God, have okay, you guys I'm really lucky. You get to see that famous pipe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This Welcome thing to the is show, incredible. Kid. It's Take always the dumbest yeah. guys Lab. with the what? with the most incredible cranks. <laughs> <laughs> they had that's two. Name great, of your I mean, memoir. That's what's special about Coach. I think is you know a lot of shows have one guy with an incredible crank who's dumb. Coach had two dumb guys. Both mm. had incredible cranks. Right. My favorite. My favorite story about Jerry Van Dyke, and I have, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but this is what I heard. He was offered the role of Gilligan. In Gilligan's Island. This is Jerry Van Dyke wow. of Coach of yeah. Fame. He was offered the role of Gilligan in Gilligan's Island. I'm a serious actor. This is ridiculous. <laughs> getting slapped by this guy's hat and they're on a stuck on an I'm not doing this. Okay. Of course, Gilligan's Island, incredible success. And I think the next year or the year after that, Jerry Van Dyke was the star of My Mother the Car. About someone whose mom dies and is reincarnated as a fucking car. When are we? When Fool is me your once, Shame on you. <laughs> I'm not going to let the gravy train oh, go by no, no, twice. No, 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 no. <laughs> when is show business getting back to the absurdly high concept sitcom is the only form of comedy? 100%. Like, we need a when body is swap it, hit. Yeah. Right like we, week. sure. I know what you're saying. We had homeboys from outer space, but mm-hmm. since then we weren't ready. There was we the Geico ready. Caveman sitcom with Nick mm-hmm. Kroll. Um, but where where is the where is the my mom was reincarnated as it? Why aren't you pitching this, Nick? Sure, yeah, Jordan, get in dad. these meetings. Call your manager. Get some meetings. <laughs> pitch something. Pitch something about three dogs. I'm that gonna talk. walk into a. I'm gonna walk into a meeting and just be like inanimate object, um, and then like thing that happens to that inanimate object and then person who's responsible for it and you just spin a wheel and it's like dog alien nephew go play <laughs> yeah and the and one of the characters is played by raven from that so raven and you're the dad nick <laughs> yeah there we go and their rooms go. always smelling like fish you just come in and you say what are you doing what are you doing car oh car Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> la 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our thanks to the people who make this po- show possible. That's the members of Maximum Fun. Uh, we got a we got a Max Fun Drive coming up in April. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're not already a member of Max Fun, you can become one now. In the meantime, our thanks to all who have become members. Uh, you're the you're the juice in our jelly jars. You know what I mean, Jordan. You gotta have you know juice. that famous expression. You gotta have juice, or the you want a jelly, juicy jelly ain't jamming. You got it. Uh, this podcast sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Jordan, you and I are both real therapy lovers. Um, we love it. We like to kiss it. We want to mm-hmm. marry it. <laughs> Pretty much. It has not agreed to marry us yet, but we're still a courting. Sure. Yes, we're sitting on the porch <laughs> having a lemonade. We're in a canoe with therapy. Mm-hmm. Classic courting. <laughs> There are there are lots of there are lots of ways to get therapy. Um, uh, I've done several of them. Uh, one that's available to you, no matter where you live or uh, whether you have uh, access to an in person therapy or community clinic or whatever, is BetterHelp. Um, y- you can get uh, a- an online therapist in under forty eight hours uh, through BetterHelp, which I think is a heck of a turnaround. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's great that there's all kinds of options for people looking for therapy and uh, BetterHelp uh, could be the right one for you. Uh, and yeah, and we, we really hope that if you are out there considering therapy, maybe you're uh, having a rough one, maybe you just, uh, you know, need need somebody to talk about life's gunk with. Um, therapy is a really, really great way to invest in yourself. It'll make life better. And, uh, yeah, and BetterHelp might be a way to get that. Give it a try. See why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast sponsored by BetterHelp and Jordan Jesse Go listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash JJGo. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash JJGo. We're also brought to you this week by the good people at Magic Spoon, known the world over as the only breakfast cereal which my kid Frankie calls Magic Poon. <laughs> I'm surprised that you say that so often, and yet they still sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> good I for them. You know, the good truth. for if them. They can't good on the them. Truth, good on them. They don't listen. That's true. <laughs> and you know what? We're closing deals because Magic Spoon is good. Yeah, <laughs> like Magic, Magic Spoon. Spoon. Yeah, Magic Spoon is really, really tasty. Uh, we do we do late night uh, records. Not that late. We we wrap around ten p.m. And I very consistently go in the kitchen and grab a little Magic Spoon as a midnight snack. But you can have it for breakfast. You can have it for lunch. It's got zero grams of sugar, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's so many great flavors. What do we got, Jesse? We got cocoa, fruity, frosted. Peanut butter. That's my jam. You know that. Blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffle. It's all super, super tasty. I have not tried one flavor that I do not like. Um, and if you want a little deal, we can help you out. Go to yeah, magicspoon.com we'll slash JJ. We got a cousin over there at Magic Spoon. <laughs> he gets a Magic Spoon that fell off the truck. See? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. Nick, have you ever had this thing? We've been, this is, in fact, I'm announcing this is the end of inappropriate media calls. And Tom Brady. Grateful. What a ride. Yeah, also what a Tom ride Brady. it's been. Wow. <laughs> uh, this, is in, this is in honor of me just giving up and letting my child watch whatever she wants, um, which has been going shockingly fine. Uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's something that I really would be opposed to her watching, she consistently gets bored in the first 15 minutes and turns it off and wanders away. Um, but we've been talking about in, seeing inappropriate things, and you were telling us, Nick, during the break, that you were allowed to watch anything. Pretty much anything. There were certain things that, like, if we were watching a VHS and my, with my mom and there was nudity, she would, like, sometimes make me cover my eyes. <laughs> but then also I was watching uh, She's Gotta Have It with my mother and my grandmother, and there's, like, a rape scene in that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. my mom was just, like, I think too shocked to move. She was just like, okay, we're in it now. It's happening. Um, but famously, I... I we were kids and we went to go see the original Friday the Thirteenth in theaters and I was eight I believe seven or eight. Wait, you went and as a family? It was I was staying. <laughs> it's just a nice like family after Sunday afternoon. On Sunday, I was staying with with my relatives, my cousins, and their parents just took us to the movies. And there was also you have to understand, like parents didn't know what the movie was. Like now, right. yeah. you've seen the trailer, you know that the people fell in yeah. love when they were making it, and then they had to do reshoots and all. Yeah. You know all of this stuff back then. We have like, common sense the- media. At the time, they just had a list of names of movies in a corner yeah. of the newspaper. And you're just like, you get there at eight o'clock and you just see whatever you see. I don't think they knew maybe what it was. And I think that our parents were are probably, or were at the time probably unaware at how fucking crazy horror movies had gotten. Yeah, Slasher was like just starting then, really. Like, Yeah, I think the horror movies of their childhood was like... The Blob. You know, <laughs> the Wolfman. Yeah, The Blob. Uh, yeah, so I think that... You know, and it's like, that is something that a kid would see. Like, you take your kids, uh, they throw their popcorn at Dracula, ah. and that's... Exactly. They didn't know that, like, someone was stabbing a knife through Kevin yeah, they Bacon's were, they throat, were... making a blood fountain. Like, they didn't know that was right. happening. And then it was a metaphor for the gas crisis? <laughs> starting, in the, starting in the late 70s, horror movies were either genuinely horrifying, genu- genuinely terrifying, or had, like, piles of guts and spurts of blood... And before that, horror movies just had particularly intense chiaroscuro, the interaction between light and dark in the composition of an image. (laughs) Just some parts of the screen were particularly dark and others were overlit. 
to make things seem ominous. That was what defined a, a horror movie until 1974 or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's probably why our generation has a lot of these is that we, you know, they just heard that like The Exorcist was a scary movie. Also, some people had HBO at the time and it was yeah. so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, so sure. thrilling yeah, if you if you even knew somebody that had HBO. Like I didn't have cable. My television didn't even have knobs. Like, but if you knew somebody that had HBO, you would watch anything that was yes. on HBO yes. and you felt like right. you were cheating the fucking system. Mm-hmm. You're like, look, the I man. may be I may be watching Last Action Hero, but I didn't pay seven dollars to get into a movie theater to see it. So also, fuck you. Didn't, you. <laughs> also, you didn't just watch The Last Action Hero one time either. No. Oh, Sunday at four thirty. Oh, look what's on the old HBO. <laughs> yeah, it's Here toys again. Last, sure, why the not? Last third of toys. <laughs> <laughs> my uh my best buddy uh one of my one of my best buddies uh when i was like elementary school and middle school age uh jody jody's mom was english and so they had this like not only did they have cable they had a satellite dish like a real oh, yeah. satellite dish yeah, not like sat- a direct yeah, tv yeah. Yeah, like the kind that they have it to find out if aliens are sending us messages in hawaii mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a 40 mile wide depression in the earth surrounded by jungle they had uh, so that Jody could watch Danger Mouse and uh, Jody's mom could watch EastEnders. The amount of emotional energy being poured into watching the English soap opera, long running English soap opera EastEnders yeah. was extraordinary. And I would go to their house and I'd just watch it. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? But I was so tired of like trying to turn, you know, there's the there's the straight line knob. And then outside of the straight line knob, there's the roundy, like there's the click, click, click knob. And mm-hmm. then there's the roundy. And I'd be so tired of trying to get channel 44 so that I could watch, I don't know, Star Trek The Next Generation or like whatever the fuck, like a rerun of, you know, Cheers, not even Cheers, Night Court, mm-hmm. you know, just by turning that little thing. Get some the, wings I, going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> gotta get some wings going. They'd have a, they had a, I gotta get my Weber soccer game coming straight into their house from space. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch a fucking soccer game. They just kick it back and forth in the middle. It's, I, Two things. I think letting your kid kind of watch what they want to watch is great. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't just see shit that I should, shouldn't have seen like 10 years ahead of schedule or whatever. But also there was something incredible to like, this is what I can get. And I'm just going to like make myself watch it. Like I didn't, no one explained to me what Doctor Who was. No, I didn't have any context. I was like, is this, am I, is this serious? It's not camp, but it's also right. not like, serious you know what i mean like i didn't and it was just on pbs where i grew up and i would just try every like every couple of like months i would be like let me just watch this doctor who i know i don't get it i don't but you had to try because there was no other option some people watch this you're not watching anything some people resent mash uh i think in our generation because it's not that funny um but was the most successful television sitcom of all time. Uh, 
and like as an eight year old or whatever, you know, MASH is on the television because uh, my dad put MASH on it because MASH ran from six to seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would sit there and I would watch MASH and I would make myself enjoy Hot Lips Houlihan. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. I, yeah. I get it. I will get it. Just white knuckling my way through enjoying MASH. And it worked. I still have fond memories about MASH. I remember watching Saturday Night Live, and I believe it was a Tim Kazarinsky bit. He mentions Spiro Agnew and kickbacks. And I just remember going, <laughs> that's politics. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who. I don't, I don't get it. But I'm pretty oh, sure I'm so that's mad politics. at Spiro Agnew. Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh, that fucking teapot dome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate it. I, oh, yeah. Chippy Canoe I and Tyler, too. <laughs> Letterman just said Boutros Boutros. Oh, yeah. And you time. just like were killing. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Norman Schwarzkopf. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Those are pure comedy names that they, the writers made those names up. Clearly, yeah. there's oh, wow. hundreds of Boutros Valleys. Like, you're just like. Storm and Norman. <laughs> How could that right. possibly be a real man's name? Mary Jo Butterfuco. <laughs> so, adults, uh, Brian, these aren't real adults. Brian, we have a we have a call here. Um, I really, uh, gosh, there's just such a huge place in my heart for just David Letterman. Instead of doing jokes, just repeating names that he enjoyed and words yeah. he liked. I I I once submitted for Conan O'Brien. Right, you guys know what this is like. If you you know like yeah, uh, every now and then, if you're a comedy writer, get the word. The bat signal goes out. The Daily Show, Conan, they're looking for writers. Do you want to do a packet? <sighs> it's a lot of work. I don't necessarily. This isn't what I my dream job, but I fuck yeah, I gotta try, right? Yeah, they're they're like right. You have to write twenty five monologue jokes in one yeah. sketch and into yeah. one topical thing and one character thing, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. So you I basically got to do a a week's worth of of work, yeah, uh, on the show to apply for the show. So I was like, I know Kona doesn't really do audience games, but it's a sorry, it's a talk show thing. So I came up with this audience game. It's my favorite thing that I've ever written. It's never ever going to be on TV in any capacity. Hmm. But it's you just might an slip audience it into game. An episode of Blackish. <laughs> you not? never know. You never know. I gotta hurry because they just wrapped. Um, still time. Yeah, still time. Uh, the game is very simply NBA basketball player or democratically elected foreign leader whose power was usurped during a U.S. backed coup. <laughs> this is this is like to you like just as Larry Sanders was the essence of Gary Shandling, his emotional trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. decades of his relationship to himself and to the entertainment industry, to relationships with other professionals, so on and so forth. Just a fundamental expression of his identity. He'd gone through these sort of genre experiments to get there. He'd done it's Gary Shandling's show. He'd hosted the Tonight Show. He decided he wanted to do something about his core emotional truth. That's you with NBA player or foreign leader usurped by American interference. The names line up so perfectly, though. Eduardo Nahara. <laughs> Eduardo basketball player that's how you find out how many Guatemalan fun. presidents were named Jeru 
Ruben Boomche Boomche. Ruben Boomche Boomche. Boomche Boomche is an NBA basketball player. I remember Boomche Boomche. Gotta remember Boomche Boomche. Kalina as a bookie. Come on, it's too it's too great. It's too great. It's great. It's too bad Conan O'Brien never liked interacting with other human beings. He's one of the greatest. Love him so much. Conan O'Brien, great genius. <laughs> Fucking the greatest. We can't beat Conan same O'Brien. Wedding photographer. Just yeah. a little. Oh, that's fun. God. Tell that's... You how I roll. Well, hey, uh, now that Brian, yeah, let's play let's the play final instance of inappropriate media. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Go. And special guest. Um, uh, I'm calling in about your segment, uh, inappropriate things that you watched with your grandmother. So when I was a child, and by child, I mean when I was 14 years old, I went and saw Titanic with my grandmother. She was the only person to see Titanic with. And she was a lovely, um, short woman, but she was very bubbly. and. Can you pause it for a second, Brian? I just want to clarify something here. That's not a but. Short people can be wonderful. Being wonderful <laughs> is not dependent on your height. It's normal for short people. It's, it's as he, normal for short people to be bubbly and wonderful as any other just, height of person. He wanted you to know that he didn't have one of those tiny, weasley, creepy grandmothers. Right. You know. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> sneaky shorties. <laughs> you're too thin your skin and bones just like you know (laughs) i got a i got a therapist who uh like a year into zoom therapy told me she was super short like she's really short fucking exploded my brain but it's proof (laughs) delightful people can be very short who knows maybe tall people can be delightful too like really tall people like bowl bowl that's an well, NBA oh, player, free by bowl, the way. Bowl. Free bowl. Or is he a democratically elected <laughs> yeah. or leader whose power was usurped during a U.S. back coup? I think Minute Bowl was a was a democratically elected leader. <laughs> Wasn't he for a while after he he was like he, the secretary like of a... sport in Sudan or something? <laughs> I think that's true. Okay, Minute Bowl rumored to have invented the phrase "my bad." Oh, <laughs> true story. That's thrilling. That and Dusty Baker inventing high fives is all we really need to know about. Go ahead, Brian. That's pretty great. And Glenn Burke, gay baseball player, Glenn Burke. Go ahead, Brian. And during the nude drawing scenes, uh, my uh, my 67-year-old grandmother reached across and covered my 14-year-old eyes. So that's my story about inappropriate things. That occurred when I was a child. That whole story. Brian, you just picked a story about anti-short bigotry. (laughs) The only reason to pick that is to highlight. Do you? Are you? Yeah, Brian, stop trying to slip your agenda into the show. (laughs) Brian, you're not even that tall. You're like tall-ish, but you're not like. It's not like you're 6'6", Brian. Where do you get off? I guess it's the narcissism of small differences. Hmm. Hey, have you ever had the thought, Nick, while you're watching an NBA basketball game since you you enjoy it? I've been watching a lot. I got I bought the NBA League streaming pass. thing so I could League watch pass. Warriors games with my son. And um I you know, I gave him a they're my hundred dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I'm watching a basketball game, occasionally I just have the really intense revelation that the smallest guy is bigger than me. Yeah. 
that like these guys who look like a five foot eight inch, uh, like sneaky fast guy that, you know, Mm -hmm. like a guy that can like do moves because they're so, I mean, I'm specifically Jordan talking about our friend Jim Real, um, Mm -hmm. Like a small, fast guy that that is really agile and can jump around and is like surprisingly muscly that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're, like, they, they're very sprightly. You think it's that guy, but actually that guy is six seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I always tell people go out on the street and find five guys over six three or six four that can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like I'm not talking about yeah. doing drills or any, just actually walking and chewing gum at the same time without like falling over their feet. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> like, like I think I think NBA basketball is the greatest evidence we have that if we focus enough and we spend enough money and enough attention and enough cultural capital, you can get anyone to do anything because these six foot eleven people are born to trip. Yeah, like yeah. they're born to be uncomfortable, bang their knees on things. I know because I do these things all the time and I'm only like six three, six four. So these six eleven guys are just like their natural state is accidentally walking into something. Yeah. And we have taught them to basically like through the just the sheer force of noticing when they're six year old, six years old that they're gonna be six ten. We have basically taught them to be like George Balanchine. Like yeah. they, they're Jim Thorpe uh, because of the force of uh, humankind's power. The Chinese government does it right. Like they identify your toddler and they're like, yo, he's, he's a gymnast. Stop playing games with us. <laughs> yeah. We see it. We're going to take him and go let, he, let him. He just doesn't do need flips. to learn to read. No, he's never reading anything ever. We're just going to start him flipping now. And he's going to keep flipping until he gets to the Olympics. Like, what yeah. are we, what are we doing? Yeah. You just get, kids. That's the Chinese Gasol government's like motto to is get school. to flipping. Get to flipping. <laughs> Gasol was like in medical school. <laughs> they were just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You're taking a spot from someone else. Get yeah. out of here. Someone of typical size. Yeah, you can't even fit into – we don't have scrubs this big. Get out we'll of here. We'll give you a millionaire job. We'll just <laughs> give it to you. In yeah. the in the NFL, there's this thing where you can have like one guy on your roster that comes from a foreign country uh, that that is not like a football country. Like just, just one extra guy. And mm-hmm. so just every NFL team just has, yeah. like, one enormous Samoan guy or whatever, or, like, one Pacific Islander guy from New Zealand that was, like, the fastest rugby player in all of rugby or something. And, like, their job is just, like, there's a guy who worked for that team who just traveled the world looking for the biggest fast guy he could find. Yeah. And then, like, two years later, that guy can play in the NFL because they just use computers to reprogram his brain and muscles. No, you hit the two nails on the head, though. Like, is he big? Yes. Is he fast? Mm. Nope. Sorry. Is he fast? Yes. Is he big? Uh, Sorry. Is yeah. he big? Yes. Is he fast? He's really fast. Holy shit. This is the job for him. <laughs> like, but if you're if you're 325 pounds and and you're able to grow muscles, like they can teach you to do that swimmy thing with your hands and then you're right, an NFL right, lineman. Right. Like if Run, you can do the swimmy thing with your hands well enough, 
That's yeah. how it, that's okay. When something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Here's an example of one person who did that. Uh, by the way, JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Just send us a voice memo. It sounds, it sounds nice. The, the little microphone inside your phone is really good these days. Uh, JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny D, and guests. I'm going to say Ron Funches. This is Ren in Boise with a momentous occasion. I was just in traffic at a red light, and I watched as this squirrel came running up to my car. It dipped underneath my car. Uh, I didn't see it come out. I didn't want to run over it. But um, I looked in my mirror at the guy behind me, and he was watching it all happen. He put his head out the window and was, like, screaming at the squirrel, trying to get it to move. Uh, the light turned green, and he blared on his horn. The squirrel ran away, and as I was driving away, I looked back at him one more time, and he had his whole head out the window. He was yelling at the squirrel and wagging his finger at it, I guess chiding it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say if that guy's listening, thank you for saving a life. And, yeah, shouts out to you. Thanks, guys. What's Love the better, show. if this guy was yelling words at the squirrel or if this guy was just yelling a noise? <laughs> right, because you know the squirrel. Yeah, it's like the squirrel will maybe understand your tone. <laughs> maybe. I mean, if the squirrel is a chihuahua that's lived in a house for a long time, right. <laughs> or if you're a nut, like a tree nut of some kind, <laughs> like when is but like what is better if if you're like because the squirrel doesn't speak English, he doesn't speak mm-hmm. any human language, honestly. Or one is of, even a, one of the space languages from Star Wars. Is this Wars like or Star an Trek. urban squirrel, though? Is this like a park squirrel that's around people a lot? Wow, an urban squirrel, huh? Who's racist now, Nick? <laughs> um, like they, you know, you're in the park. You okay? You kind of get a sense of what people. Yeah, you know you're what I mean. A little more so, you're a little more Maybe. socialized than a deep forest squirrel. But yeah. if he's yelling like, "Get out of the way, squirrel! Get out of the way! Get out of the way!" It's weird because the squirrel doesn't know. What the words he's saying are. Also, right. but, he's tiny and can't hear anything over the r- tremendous roar of two automobile inches. You know, Nick, can I say? Inches from his squirrel ears. Tiny squirrels can hear just as well as big, tall Thank squirrels. You. Right. They're I'm sorry. I'm nice. sorry. They're I'm sorry. Nice. So what? Times are changing. I'm trying. Either you're doing that. Either you're yelling that's words. Good that you're learning and growing. Nick. Either you're, you're yelling words at an animal that's not domesticated doesn't understand the tone. I disagree that the squirrel understands our tone. Or what if you're just going, (laughs) like you're just making a noise. Yeah. Which is better? I don't know. I always subscribe whenever this happens to you in an urban setting with like a bird or a squirrel. Just, or a or a suburban or yeah, ex-urban you're, you're, setting, Nick. You're in your GMC Denali and there's like a tiny <laughs> one of those tiny grandmas that you can't see. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh boy. Oh just boy. Eyes ahead. Don't like maybe you hit the squirrel. Just keep it you know what I'm, you can't fix it. You can't what is there to learn? What what are we gonna earn get from that? Like just you wanna see the squirrel that you hit in your rearview mirror? No, just you Keep believe that whether just... or not you hit the squirrel is fated. You believe it's been written upon the tablet by God. It's and under so the you wheel might as well just you might hands. as well just lock your eyes right. so you don't notice. Yeah. You don't want to take that memory home to your family. Come on. Do you feel the this, same yeah. way about grandma's? 
how how do we have agency is your idea of human agency that we have agency over whether we hit a grandma but we don't have agency over whether we hit a squirrel Tiny, and God draws the line grandma. somewhere around sure. maybe like uh, he gave us he, a he red gave us panda. dominion over animals. <laughs> yeah, but not as grandmas. They, as your but grandma the Lord shrieked. gave us the Lord did give us dominion over grandmas. <laughs> be if they be small, said he. Right. As and they, they shrink, don't be bubbly. <laughs> as they shrink, natural selection takes over. And if. <laughs> Your Yukon Denali, or I don't know, know the names of any trucks. <laughs> it's not even the trucks; it's that they jack them up, like you know, they jack these trucks up. But if you know, a grandma or two gets caught under the wheel, well, the spokes or whatever they're called. One time when I was a kid, maybe I was ten, I got hit by a grandma that went to my church. Her car hit me. Do you think that was a like that new Batman movie where it's like? Vengeance. That's your origin story? Vengeance. Oh, That's right. what that grandma was saying. Vengeance <laughs> upon this this child from my church. She didn't hit me that hard. It was like mm-hmm. at a stoplight. She did just kept you, rolling. But did you murder her family in Crime Alley? Well, duh. I mean, she's so fucking little. That, That's well, what God told me to do. God, well, he didn't tell oh me, boy. but he gave me permission. It's in the fucking Bible, <laughs> Jordan. Oh, man, you're so twisted. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> You wouldn't believe how dim the so light is in here right now. So twisted. <laughs> I'm, you know what? You just, love, you just love chaos. You just want to watch it burn. Jordan, a lot of people think I'm for kids, but I'm fucking dark and twisted, okay? Yeah. I am twisted. dark and twisted. I'm not for kids. I don't have to be for kids. Sure, there's not for babies. There's people out there for little kids with fucking bright colors and goofy shit happening. I'm dark and twisted. My lighting yeah. is very dim. My color palette is limited. With my butler. That's what you think when you think of like a tough guy going through it. It's like, <laughs> bring me a sandwich. <laughs> bring bring me a sandwich, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> bring me a sandwich. When's the, when's the cable guy coming? I thought it was 10 to 12. I've already, I have Pilates at 40. <laughs> oh, oh, gee whiz. <laughs> They got they got uh, oh, these so Batman, dark and serious. These it's a bat- dude in a bat costume. Child. These Batman butlers they have is a real interesting group of <laughs> because I think Americans just think all English people are the same. You know, yeah. like there's just one kind of person. It's English or not English. Well, we know fancy English, and then like, hey, governor, like you know, Cockney. Yeah, we got those two. Well, like for a while. It seemed like they they made Batman's butler Edgar. They made him uh they they made him fancy. Like butlers are supposed to be, right? Like they made him be like Yeah, a, it was uh Would you care for a cucumber sandwich, Batman? I'm a funny old man with gloves, special gloves, right? Perhaps and, you need some protein from all the vigilantism. And then they and then they were like, "Well, what if we, what if we had the butler be the guy from Get Carter, right? Like, let's, let's make the butler like a, a fucking a dirty shotgun carrying guy, Michael Caine." And then they were like, "You know what? Fucking Gollum. Let's make it Gollum. <laughs> Just full on Gollum is is Batman's friend now." Anyway, is he in the new one? It's uh, that guy. Yeah, it's a, it's that guy. Yeah. yeah, he's not doing motion capture though, right? He's 
I think they would know, but he has the dots on. I think they just decided okay. not to animate him. <laughs> just he's yeah. getting he's putting on his suit and they start putting the dot. No, but why are we doing the dots? Well, I'm ready. I'm ready for acting. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is no, what no, acting no. is. No, 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 no. No, I think I think why the reason Andy Circus is so good at those motion capture roles, and not a lot of people know this, is that he was born with those balls. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So he. That's you know why he's the great genius of motion. They capture. don't have to they... put them on with the glue. Yeah, it's also there. a big time saver. Yeah. Get, Can I ask you, are they a type of testicle on Sir Andy Circus? Are they like a tiny green? Jesse, that's he so has rude. I was 17 extra testicles placed so you symmetrically so you, along his body. Jordan, you know Andy Circus, but you've never asked him that question. It seems like an obvious I would, question. I would never ask him if they're testicles. You could, the two of you are having lunch at Spago. Okay. Yeah. People, There's so many other things to talk about. Bruce Willis is coming over and say, oh, Gollum, yeah. I love your motion capture. I love your dots. Right. Mm-hmm. Not even, like, I feel like Bruce would ask. Like, Bruce would come over. Well, yeah, he's, you know, he's, that's that's his, I'm I'm not, though. And I, and I don't want him, I don't want Andy to think that I'm hanging out with him for right. any reason other right. than that I like his company. You know? Even though you he knows how much you love you balls. It. It's like Vietnam. You can't say Nam exactly. unless you were there. You can't say exactly. mocap. You have to say motion capture. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but you have an incredible passion, Jordan, for testicles. Like, especially little tiny ones. And it feels like <laughs> if Andy mm-hmm. knew that, mm-hmm. you would have right. to clear the whole thing up. You'd have to clear the air just so that... It wouldn't be yeah. weird when the two of you hung out. Like, I no, know I mean, you'd think this... it would be weird to ask, but it would, <laughs> given that he knows, like, if you see somebody with really nice hangers, right. <laughs> walking, <laughs> walking down the yeah. street, you're going to yeah. say something to Circus. So Andy Circus knows. It's rude if you don't. It's rude, honestly, if yeah. you don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Andy I... Circus knows your passions. I mean, yeah. he knows your heart. He knows you're a good man with a genuine passion for testicles, especially little white or green ones. Yeah, I mean, I think which again are placed in evenly spaced intervals, evenly yeah. spaced all on Andy's circus, track, so you can track his movements. Normally, Jordan to see the green for Jordan yeah. to see the green testicles. Normally, he has to search the internet for gangrenous balls. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if Andy wants to talk to me about his medical history, he's welcome to. I'm his friend. That's I'm Hippo, not going to push the That's issue Hippo. because in this case, mm-hmm. I do neglect the balls. Wow. <laughs> wow. I do. Well, then. 206-984. the only situation <laughs> Two- where you do neglect the ball. 20698. I'm glad we abandoned that sincere talk about our craft and got into this <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it took a while, but we got to the balls. It took us a while. 984 for fun or JJ go at maximumfun.org. La 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 la. Maximum Fun is a network by and for cool, popular people. But did you know it also has an offering designed to appeal to nerds? A show for nerds? On Maximum Fun? The devil, you say? It's true. It's called The Greatest Generation, and they review episodes of a television program for nerds called Star Trek. They've reviewed TNG, DS9, and are now reviewing Voyager. Hey, Star Trek. My daughter enjoys that program. 
Well, if she enjoys that, and she enjoys humor of the flatulent variety, might I recommend she subscribe to The Greatest Generation? Hey, are you calling my kid a nerd? Why, I oughta... Well, gotta go! Become a friend of DeSoto by subscribing to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org today! Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me? It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. Now, Nick, I know you've worked on all kinds of television shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, some of them haven't been successful. A lot of the successful ones were primarily successful because of you promoting them here on Jordan, Jesse, go. Sure, sure. Um, is there any, are there any shows that you've been working on lately that we can save uh, or shoot into the stratosphere? No, I'm, I've been working a lot of animation, which means uh, you work on something and then it just comes out like six years later and nobody <laughs> tells you and it's just on. Um, so, and I've been developing a lot, which is code word for work that you don't get paid for in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I love so much about development? Um, and you know, it's, and again, it's, it's either unpaid or it's low paid, but it's just <sighs> such a nice excuse to get together with some nice executives every week and have them say grounded at you. <laughs> I love to be told that something needs to be grounded, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Just having someone say grounded at me. Ugh. Ugh. Can I make, where I just make it Can personal? I make a just make it personal. Mm, just yeah. on the first page where you have your dramatis personae, I know that mm-hmm. all, all pitches and development projects start with a dramatis personae. That's I know what so that's how they sold business. Entourage. Yeah. They just had that right. just right. just next to one of the characters, just write Torturo. It's fucking grounded. <laughs> now it's grounded. Mm-hmm. Grounded. You're gonna yeah. have to set it in New York. But uh, besides that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unless it's like about bears in Yosemite or whatever, you can set it in New York. Braden Torturo, he's uh Nicholas Torturo's nephew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. from Oxnard. He's yeah. outstanding. Yeah, just get somebody from the Nard, Jordan. That'll ground it. But he still has that New York flavor. You know? <laughs> I'm from Oxnard over that. here. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to walk. <laughs> I'm walking in Oxnard. Yeah. <laughs> I went to I went to middle school with Madlib. Yeah, trying to get beats over here. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get some famous Oxnard soup. Well, Nick, we're so always eating Oxnard. <laughs> well, real quick, Oxnard soup is the... a famous. Thing in Oxnard? The kid on Blackish. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Shut up, Nick. I want to hear Oxnard about the soup? Oxnard soup. 
I'm, there's no Oxnard. God, God damn it, it Jordan. Why would I you? I wanted to say something funny. Why would you voice. trick me so like that? fun doing the voice, so I thought I'd say Oxnard. Well, there's street. that whole I part don't. of California where they eat Basque food, but it's not Basque. It's a, just endemic only to San Bernardino and, and whatever. Yeah. Like it's too. This is your opportunity, Jesse, to just come up with some sort of bullshit gumbo or whatever that you make up and just soup. call it Oxnard soup. Yeah, there you uh, go. You know what? I had a but I had a lot of bok choy that was could might go bad, and so I made it. And I had some leftover chicken, so I made a just a very simple soup with with a bunch of bok choy and a bunch of chicken leftover. It was fucking great. So that's the class. That's the new Oxnard soup. It needs one kind of wacky ingredient. Like you gotta throw like some sort of random pepper that Mexicans don't eat for a good reason, right? <laughs> and then some chef discovers it and gets. What about really... one Hot Wheel? <laughs> <laughs> drop a Hot Wheel in there. Boom! Oxnard soup. Our producer is Brian Sunny D Fernandez. Uh, Valerie Moffat on the stream this week. Uh, uh, look, if if you're if you're on the West Coast, you want to stay up late on a Sunday evening. We've been streaming on the Max Fun YouTube channel. Go uh, subscribe to that. Only live. You can't watch it afterwards. You can only listen to it afterwards like you're doing right now. But it's, it's fun. It's nice to check in on how we're doing. Talk to Kids Dr. Dave. You know about Kids Dr. Dave? He checks in with me. He says, you guys streaming tonight? Yeah, yeah, Dave. We're streaming tonight. I don't tonight. know who that is. Yeah, he's great, Kids though. Doctor. He's a pediatrician in uh, maybe Indianapolis, something like that. Hmm. Fun. Uh, yeah, it's very fun. I don't like the idea of pediatricians up late at night you gotta go to bed <laughs> i don't know why i won't defend this position pediatricians nope. go to sleep i'll be doing my kid's heart transplant if you're groggy oh god i was watching the nets clippers last night ew yeah. anyway let me get that little hammer that you bang on kids knees yeah <laughs> do you think he's gonna make a mistake with the little hammer bang on their hitting, bang on their balls the accidentally face. yeah sure Bang, Start banging the balls, bang up their nose, and that could go bang into the, the brain balls until they're sixteen. And they'll, that's, yeah, and then they'll never get any mocap work. <laughs> you weren't uh, there, man. Our theme you music is "Love You." <laughs> you, you weren't in the shit. <laughs> Love you by the free. You weren't design. in the shit <laughs> making Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Love you by the free design, courtesy of the free design and Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks. You weren't there when them. Tim Burton was remaking Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> we had to do to that them. smile from scratch, man. You think Depp did that smile? It was all us. Very grateful. Very grateful to them for sharing that music with us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. We're on Instagram at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. Uh, we're on Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You know, we write bits on that Reddit. Kids Dr. Dave. It's not just Wath Reaper anymore. Here comes Kids Dr. Dave. Start chatting it up. Yeah, that guy's on I that guy's on Reddit two, three, four o'clock in the morning. The next day he's got that little tiny hammer and you never know what he's gonna bang. He's he's like a podiatrist. It's fine. It's like a kid's podiatrist. Children's for children's bunions. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Ethan's got flat feet. Here's some orthodontics. Whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some orthodontics. Orthodontics. No, he gives out orthodontics. Why not? He was up Two till four one. o'clock in the morning yeah, he, posting on dragonsfuckingcars.reddit.com. Uh, racist footwork. I got you covered. Whatever. He was on the Boz Skag sub talking about <laughs> the Lido Shuffle. Boz Skaggs. 
okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Thanks for listening to Jordan Jesse. Go. Goodbye. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.